2: Good afternoon my conscious co-creators. Welcome to another edition of the Conscious Consultant Hour Awakening Humanity. I am very, very pleased that you are here again with me today. Ah, we have a wonderful show in store for you with a great guest in studio, which means of course all you people on the Facebook live stream, you don't have to look at me all through the show. You'll have uh, someone else to look at, so we will bring her on shortly. Um, Before I get started, a quick announcement, and I'm going to make the announcement again at the end. I have reformulated my Law of Attraction group, and we are having, it is now called, uh it is now called the conscious business collective and we're really kind of going to be talking around the same concepts but we're going to be focusing it most mostly on business and career and the um sort of that fundamental stuff of of you know what do we need to do to really take care of ourselves The kickoff meeting for it is September 22nd at 6.30 p.m. You can get all the details at the meetup group. So you just go to meetup.com and you search for Conscious Business Collective and you'll find out all about it. So I hope you will join us. So let's get started with our quotes from the universe and from Abraham. I know you've been anxiously awaiting them all week long. Let's see what the universe and Abraham have in store for us today first from the universe folks are often so mesmerized by the gold medals trophies and daunting heights they aspire to they tend to forget that their heroes and heroines more often than not started with far less than they now have you are so poised for greatness the universe ah we love our quotes from mike dooley in the universe reminding us that you know sometimes when we see and hear of people who've achieved so much we forget that you know they started off with not a whole lot sometimes and not that much more than we have which means you know what that means we're able to achieve that greatness as well Ooh, nice welcome to Camille and Lauren on our Facebook live stream of course don't forget if you want to uh uh, catch the video on the facebook live stream oh and gp welcome uh just go to uh, my personal timeline which is sam lebowitz uh in new york city and our quote now from abraham the premise that so many people come from is that good isn't natural good must be demanded or manipulated or orchestrated And we say good is natural. It must be asked for and it must be expected. But good is the only stream that flows. Abraham. It's an interesting quote and it goes to, you know, some of the teachings that Abraham has talked about in the past around how... uh, you know there's no such thing as darkness there's only an absence of light. The same way you know Abraham says that like good is the natural state. Good is our flowing stream. Good is how we're meant to be until we actively resist us. And and Abraham uses the analogy of a cork. And that if you take a cork and you hold it under water That's like us resisting the good. But if you let the cork go, what is it naturally going to do? It's going to float up and rise up to the surface. That's our natural state. That's our natural feeling of being in a great place. You know, when you look at children, unless there's something actively disturbing their experience, they're happy kids. They're running around. They're playing. They know nothing of resistance. They know nothing of, of, of what it is that we struggle with as adults on a daily basis. So good is our natural state. And, and we don't really need to manipulate it for it to happen. We just have to allow it. And this is one of the reasons why I'm such a big proponent of meditation, because meditation is one of those ways for us to just sit still and allow our natural state to come out. And yes, when you first start doing the practice, it may seem unnatural. It may seem uh, uh, disconcerting. Your mind may be going in a million and one different directions, but the more you practice meditation because you never get it 100% right but the more you keep to practice it and the more you learn not to attach, attach to your thoughts and the more you learn just to allow whatever is present to be there then all of a sudden that goodness starts to well up and I'm sure all you people out there who meditate you all know what I'm talking about You know, when you're sitting and just being still and being with yourself, by the time you finish, you just feel good because that is the natural state. That is the way we are made. So two wonderful quotes from the universe and from Abraham. I hope you've enjoyed them and we'll have, of course, next week more quotes from them along with Another wonderful guest. But right now, it is my pleasure to introduce to you Susan Goldberg. Let me turn the camera around to her. I, I know she's a little bit shy. But, we'll, you know, there we go. Awesome. Aha. Ooh, and a Facebook live stream. I got a, a little comment here. Roberta. Hi, Sam. Your show title intrigues me as I am often interviewed. Love to talk to you about talking with you on the air. Okay. Roberta, just uh, shoot me an email from the website. Welcome. So, Susan Goldberg is an expert retained executive recruiter specializing in media, entertainment, digital marketing, and technology. She's been hiring and coaching young senior professionals and those who hire them since the 1990s through her company, Susan Goldberg Executive Search Consulting. She has a deep understanding of the values young senior professionals have and and has co-authored a book, Leadership in Wonderland. Wait, 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 wait. For the live stream this is the book there we go leadership in wonderland and there's the author co-author susan and this book is designed to foster their leadership skills through their preferred way of learning by their own experience and i am very pleased and very happy that uh susan is in studio with us today welcome to the conscious consultant hour susan
3: thank you great to be here
2: wonderful wonderful um so uh I'm always curious ooh Michelle Gigi, welcome to the Facebook live stream just want to let me like it um Uh, So I'm curious, you know, becoming an executive recruiter. I mean, I don't think that's something that like when you were a little girl, I'm assuming playing with dolls and your girlfriends (laughs) that you said to your mom, mommy, when I grow up, I want to place high powered executives in like big corporations and and startups.
3: No, I did not have my dolls talking to each other saying, "Okay, so what are your biggest strengths? And What are your biggest (laughs) weaknesses? Weaknesses. And what kind of job are you looking for? Where are you going to be in five years from now? No, definitely not. In, in fact, I never knew that this whole industry existed. Existed, Aye. Not even in my undergrad,
2: mm-hmm. which was
3: in French literature.
2: Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, or oui, in, oui.
3: in grad, in business uh-huh. school. They never talk about this. Mm-hmm. They never talk about executive search. And what happened was I had a career, about nine years,
4: mm-hmm.
3: in marketing.
4: Oh ah, And okay. so
3: I was marketing strategies Mm -hmm. and the economy in New York Mm -hmm. was not doing well
4: Mm -hmm.
3: two people in executive search found me and said well if you can market ideas and strategies and and thoughts Mm -hmm. you can market people and opportunities and what do you say and I said well I like people (laughs) (laughs) I want to help people I'd like to help companies let's see if this works Ah. And I loved it. And that was it.
2: Right. And, And I love that because that's just kind of an example of saying yes to the universe. You know, so often things come to us. And and we have a tendency to dismiss them right off of hand, right? It's like, what? Executive search? No, I'm a marketing person. You know, that would have been very easy for you to say that. And mm-hmm. I'm sure, you know, other people in your position have said that. But when you're just kind of open and you just say yes to kind of what comes your way, it's, it's like amazing where your life can go, isn't it?
3: It is. It is. You just never know where you're going to end up.
2: Right, right. Yeah. Cool, cool. So so that was how long ago, or do we not want to say how long oh, ago that I can was say, that you started? I
3: can say. This was back in 1991.
2: Wow. Yeah. Wow. So you've been at this gig a long time, huh?
3: Yeah, I've been doing this for a, a while.
2: So I'm curious, like over the time, because there have been some big changes between the 90s and the 2000s, and mm-hmm. now we're in the teens, what have you seen as like the biggest changes in sort of executive search that have happened the big trends over the last 20 something odd years
3: i would liken it i guess to the advertising industry okay okay and maybe even the, the media industry and that okay. way back when things were much more uh let's see much less organic
2: Okay. Okay. Much more right. structured, mm-hmm.
3: much more about uh, methodology, scheduled ways of doing things. Right, right. And it was less about personal connection. Mm. It was less organic. It, mm-hmm. was, it was very structured. Right. It was like the old version of a consulting firm. Okay. Okay, because executive search actually came out of consulting.
2: Hmm, okay.
3: And it actually came out of accounting.
2: Oh, really? Out yes. of accounting? Oh. Yes. Okay.
3: So really, really structured, just like you, you would have uh, financial statements and putting together financial statements. It was very methodical.
2: Right, right, right. And right. Kind of a fill in the blanks. You yes. have to have these qualities right. and this many years of experience exactly. and that's it. Right. Okay. And, and it was, now?
3: Now it's much more really understanding your, your client, understanding the environment and the culture,
4: mm. and finding
3: the best fit, not only for the candidate and, and the client or the, the, the company, but also just overall climate, overall culture. Right, right. And where the company is, wants to be and where is it going.
2: So, so it's much more personal, I guess, in a way. Yeah. and And it sounds also more, like you have to be more attuned to the corporate culture and, and sort of just the, the trends that are going on much more yes. so than in the past.
3: And it's much more fluid than it used to be because you ah. have to be. It's not um, set in stone. Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Um, and. Uh, Okay, so we're going to take a a quick break first, and then when we come back, I want to talk about, you know, why you decided to kind of focus on young senior Mm -hmm. professionals, as you put it, and kind of talk about uh, sort of a a, a little bit more of sort of the changes. And I I love that idea of the more fluidity and and kind of what does that really mean in today's environment? Because some people are pretty scared the way things are now, but it's also a a tremendous opportunity for people, isn't it? wonderful Most so everybody oh and thank you pneumonia oh my god my friend pneumonia from overseas is tuning in listening thank you i miss you brother um so uh everybody please stay tuned you're listening to the conscious consultant hour awakening humanity and we will be right back
0: you're
1: listening to the talking alternative network
2: Welcome back to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. This hour, we're talking to Susan Goldberg, an expert in uh, executive recruitment and young senior professionals. So we talked a little bit about how the industry has changed over the years since you started doing it, and you mentioned how now things are more fluid. Is is that because of technology? Is that because of just the workplace changing? Is that because of corporate downsizing and and just things are different than they were before
3: it's it's everything, everything. change is constant and so uh, therefore you have to be able to flow with it and adapt Right, and you have to have lots more skills than you used to have and that uh, is part of uh, technology i believe oh okay yeah
2: yeah, you have to be competent in a lot more things. Yeah. So, so I, I would imagine that, I don't know if you have any statistics or not, but like I imagine that in the 90s when you placed somebody, they would be in that position for a longer period of time than when you place somebody now.
3: Well, I will say, okay. I'm the kind of person that never colors in between the lines.
2: Ah.
4: I've
3: never been that way. Okay. And so that's why this particular environment... Uh, business-wise and Mm -hmm. with young leaders really works for me
4: Uh because
3: I was telling my candidates or the people that I would coach Mm -hmm. if you're in a position even back in the 90s if Uh you're in a position for more than three years you are experiencing diminishing rate of returns in other words you are making yourself less marketable Mm. unless you are either at the same company taking on more responsibilities or mm-hmm. moving into a different position or moving to a different company mm-hmm. you're not learning.
2: Wow. That's so interesting. You say 3 years because back before I became an entrepreneur in the early 90s and I worked in the banking and financial services for a number of years and usually I stayed in at a company or in a position for about 3 years and then I would get bored. And then I would just move elsewhere. And so it was so funny that like, you know, over the, uh, I don't know how many years, uh, say 10, 10, about nine, 10 years where I was working for other people, Uh it's like about every two to three years I was making a change.
3: Sam, you just knew it in- intuitively. You, you just had that wandering soul that realized, I need to grow. Yeah. And I'm not going to grow if I stay in the same position. Yeah, if, it,
2: if it's not interesting, I'm not going to do a good job and there's no point in me staying here.
3: Right. That's right. And that's what the young leaders of today have as well they're thinking if i'm not learning anything if i'm not progressing towards my grand purpose of becoming a better person of becoming a smarter person of becoming a more useful person then i can't stay here so
2: so does that make it more difficult to place them like are companies more leery then about uh, you know accepting (laughs) executives because they kind of know like they're not going to stick around that long
3: well That's a a big question. Okay, Uh, because I specialize. I only ask big questions. Yes. Okay, so (laughs) let's take this uh, one at a time. Since I specialize in young senior leadership, Mm -hmm. and they in particular understand that they are not going to stay for Mm -hmm. a long period of time, if things aren't working well for them. If Mm -hmm. they're, again, if they're not learning, if they're not progressing, if they're not getting appreciated.
2: If they're not not being recognized and grow.
3: Right, if they feel like they're not part of a a community in the office or at work, they are gonna wanna move on. Now, what I work with my clients to do is we set up a people plan, particularly because they have to understand that more than ever before there's going to be a lot of of uh, revolving doors mm. so they have to make some kind of plan to be able to be more fluid to mm. know that they're going to be losing some people mm. and and what are they going to do meanwhile to keep the best right. people that they have and make right. them stay or make them want to stay
4: right,
3: right. okay and then what are they going to do to plan for the future to attract the kind of people that they want and again to have them stay longer and it's not just you know a whole compensation plan anymore
2: right right yeah because i've heard there have been a lot of studies done that just shows that you know money isn't the driving force necessarily that that, and and there was that experiment the guy out in um experiment but the the gentleman i forget that the company. Uh, uh, some kind of digital company out in the West Coast made all the salaries $70,000 because there were studies done that show that like $70,000 in general, like that's what the, what you need to be happy. And more than that doesn't really add anything. Mm-hmm. So that it needs to be, there needs to be something to attract people much more than just dollar bills. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, so I'm curious because you've been talking specifically about young sort of senior management is Mm -hmm. there a reason why you decided to specialize on the young side as opposed to just you know older mid-range i don't know
3: okay when i first got into executive search Mm-hmm. Okay, I was a generalist working in ten different industries at once, right. and I could do that because of my marketing background. Because in marketing, uh, I worked in so many different kinds of companies. Right. Okay, right. so with that, I was able to work with my clients and make great uh, placements. Right. And I morphed or moved towards media, entertainment, and technology because mm-hmm. my mentor was in that area.
4: Uh, okay. okay. And
3: with that was the growth of the internet and technology. Mm -hmm. And so then my clients ended up being younger and wanting younger people. And staying in technology and entertainment, it tends to be a lot of young minds Mm. and things move very, very quickly. And I was a generalist for a long period of time And then I worked with a marketing strategist at the end of last year because I began to think, you know, I'm feeling like my brand is really watered down.
4: Mm. And
3: what is the thread that really excites me? What is the thread that I can embrace and that I know a lot about? And she said, you work with young leadership. Mm. You know more about young leadership than anybody I know. And she said, and you even wrote a book on it she said it don't you understand this is all coming together (laughs) it's leading you in that direction and you should follow it and so that's how my branding came around and that's why i realized it found me before i understood that that i was found
2: right gotcha gotcha Which, which kind of perfectly segues to my next question for you which is about your focus on leadership like what kind of uh, you know brought you to the thing of like you know writing a book on leadership and kind of really thinking about and focusing on leadership
3: getting back to when i talked about how i don't like to color in between the lines yeah i realized the young leaders i was working with were just like me
4: mm-hmm. i never like being told what to do oh, yeah, me too <laughs> I, I,
3: I don't like being boxed into a corner i All don't right. like being siloed All Right. And with my co-author, Rebecca Lacey, mm-hmm. we said, you know, we both have literature backgrounds, but we both have MBAs. Mm-hmm. We need a business book that's for people like us, mm-hmm. people who are either creative, who've never had a business book written for them that that understands them.
4: Oh, I and I
3: said, and for the young leaders that I work with, they don't want to be dictated as to you know, what they should be doing, how they should be thinking, what's the 10-step process, mm, why yeah, I'm yeah, a leader, yeah. why am I so great, and you should follow in my footsteps. They don't want methodology. They don't want being told what to do. They want right. to be able to find it themselves. They want to feel right. it. They want right. to integrate it in themselves. Right. And this, the book that we wrote, Leadership in Wonderland, gives them a chance to truly understand who they are, why they make the decisions that they do. mm mm-hmm and what they should be considering when it comes to being a leader, whether it's on a sports team or whether it's in a team project in college or grad school mm. or a team project at work or, or a young leader at work, mm. particularly because young leaders at work aren't often given a lot of training. right? And it's right. expected they're supposed to know everything.
2: So would you say that most of the young leaders you work with are millennials? Are they they're just pre-millennial or millennials?
3: There are millennials. Okay. I don't like to use that term, but yes.
2: Ah, why don't you like to use the term? Again, it boxes people in, I guess. Exactly. <laughs> it boxes people in,
3: and people don't want to identify. Ah. As, as millennials.
2: Oh, okay. Because they feel there's some negative stigma around yes, the term? Yes, most ah, definitely. I see. I yeah. see. Well, and I love your creativity. So, you, so, so uh, again, I'm going to show the book here uh, on the Facebook live stream real quickly just to, to show you the cover, Leadership in Wonderland, with a picture of the rabbit from Alice in Wonderland. So I'm just curious, how did you guys come up with this sort of analogy of Using Alice in Wonderland as a way of talking about leadership.
3: Okay, first of all, the book—the book is a book with a workbook.
2: Ah, okay. Okay,
3: so that is really how people learn. Mm-hmm. Okay, and the questions—there's no black or white.
4: Mm-hmm. There's—it's
3: gray. So it's however uh, you answer it, that's how you understand it. Right. Not how I understand it, how Rebecca understands it, how Alice understands it.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: It's. Alice made these choices in the book, Mm -hmm. would you make the same ones? And if not, Uh, why? mm -hmm. What are your thoughts about these characters? What about their actions? Mm. So that's what the book is all about. It's really discovering who you are and then Mm. learning how you can be better by having a better sense of how you make decisions and what your thought processes are.
2: I see, I see. Okay,
3: so Alice in Wonderland
2: Mm -hmm.
3: was the, the muse
2: Mm-hmm.
3: I wrote an article way back when, when the, the first Johnny Depp, Alice in Wonderland came out. Oh, Remember yeah, that? yeah, I saw that. Yes. Yeah. So when that came out, I was writing for a New York newsletter. Mm-hmm. And the editor said to me, well, you're a business correspondent. What about if you were to write on all the lessons you learned through business by reading Alice in Wonderland? So I wrote uh, this article
2: okay. uh,
3: years ago. And then Rebecca and I, Rebecca, who I've never met, by the way, who lives, oh, really? a, who lives an hour outside of St. Louis.
2: Oh, really? We met wow. through LinkedIn. Okay.
3: And, uh, an employment attorney who introduced us. And we had been speaking to help each other through our businesses uh, once a month. Oh, cool. And I said, I've always wanted to be an author. And she said, me too. And she said, well, what happens if we write a book together?
4: Mm. And I said, well,
3: if we wrote a book together, It would be a book for people like us.
4: Mm -hmm.
3: People who are creative but want to learn how to be better business people.
4: Right, right.
3: And she said, Wouldn't it be great if we could base it on a character and a circumstance that everybody knows and everybody embraces and everybody enjoys Uh, and make it fun uh, so that people want to read it and they want to learn? So it's not work. Uh, And we thought, Wow, I wrote this article on Alice maybe we should write on Alice. And we thought Alice was right.
2: Yeah.
3: And that's how it started to come cool, about. Oh,
2: cool. I yeah. love that idea. I love that idea. You know, they talk, I hear people talk, I mean, you, you probably hear this all the time since you work in the technology field is the gamification of things. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like, you know, let's make it fun. Let's make it a game. Let's yeah. make it enjoyable. Why does work have to be work, right? That's right. You know, it, especially if we enjoy what we do, it's not really work. It's, it's, uh, it's our passion.
3: Yes. And particularly with with young leaders and the younger generation, they don't separate work and 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 fun and work and play. For them it's all integrated. Right. So this is perfect.
2: Okay, wonderful wonderful all right well let's take a quick break and we come back let's dive into some of the concepts in the book and and talk a little bit more about what alice has to teach us about leadership i'm so fascinated by this (laughs) great so everybody please stay tuned you're listening to the conscious consultant hour awakening humanity and we'll be right back after these messages Welcome back to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. We're talking to Susan Goldberg, co-author of Leadership in Wonderland with Rebecca Lacey, who you've never met. I still can't get over that. <laughs> I've like, never met. That's great. <laughs> have you at least video conferenced? Do you know what each other really looks like?
3: She actually has seen me okay. via video conference. I have never seen her video conference.
2: Oh, no? <gasps> Skype but, didn't work? But
3: <laughs> I have seen photos. Ah, and, okay. and I have... A semblance of of who she is and what she looks like. Yeah, I'm sure. You talk to someone that
2: much, you you get a good sense. A lot can be conveyed through the voice, as my audience knows very well. Yes. So, let's let's talk about what Alice has to teach us about leadership.
3: Okay, so, the premise is that Alice, when she was very young,
4: started
3: Mm -hmm. having fun with her friends. She had a tea party. Mm -hmm. And then she said, you know what, I kind of want to make this into a company. And so everybody's going to have a role. So she gave different people roles. Mm -hmm. And then it started getting serious. And she said, no, I want to play. This isn't Mm. for me. So I'm going to give this company to Mad Hatter to run. (laughs) (laughs) And then,
2: yes. That's a dangerous decision. Exactly.
3: But but Hatter's going to run it. And I'm going to still be a majority owner. But I'm out of here and then she gets word from Cheshire Cat that things aren't going so well at Leaves of Wonderland, which is this tea company, ah, okay. and she thinks to herself, well, gee, it, I'm hearing rumors, and I don't know if they're true, but I'm hearing rumors there's problems at the company, and do I really want to find out what they are? Mm. But Cheshire Cat is telling me that, that Hatter may want to try to sell the company, and that Means all my friends are going to be without jobs. Mm. I can't let that happen. Mm. But I don't have a business degree. I don't have a an education in this. Can I do it?
2: Mm-hmm.
3: And so that's that's where it starts off. I see. And she has wonderful allies that mm-hmm. help her through the process because Alice is like all of us. She's very imperfect,
2: mm-hmm.
3: and she first is a reluctant. Right. majority owners right. saying do I really <laughs> want to do this it's going to take so much work and I have to change I don't know if I want to change I don't know if I'm going to do this <sighs> and she goes back and forth you know she mm. progresses and then she takes two steps back and then she progresses and then she takes two steps back right. and she gets fearful and then but she gets angry and that motivates her and uh. so there's a lot of lessons that she does teach
4: uh-huh.
3: one which is a common one which is the imposter syndrome I don't know oh. if, if you've heard about that but no, it's, it's the even people like uh, Barbara Streisand feels uh-huh. this uh. it's that before they get on stage or before they get in front of an audience or before they they make a presentation or while they're doing their job am I really equipped to do this uh. In my gut, I know I am, but the people around me, do they really perceive that I am entitled to do this? Mm. And they get that feeling of doubt. Right. And right. a lot of people go through this at some point in their career, no matter what it is.
2: Right. Right. That feeling of of, of self-esteem wavering. Yeah. Of, of that self-image kind of not quite up to the image that we think we need to portray to the outside world.
3: Yes. Because you think everyone expects you as an expert to be perfect, for you as a leader to have all the answers. And so therefore, you don't have to ask questions because you know everything. (laughs) Right. And it's not true. Right. Nobody ever knows everything. Right. Right. And the key is asking the right questions and feeling that you can ask the right questions, and it's okay.
2: Right. I mean, there's that old, old story of Henry Ford, how he they actually took him to court saying that he wasn't smart enough to run his own company, and and he said, you know, well, can I have a phone? And they're like, why do you want a phone? He goes, because I have a dozen of the top experts. I can have them answer any question you want. I know who to call if I need an answer.
3: Exactly. And that's why it's great, because Alice has this team around here, and she knows where to go to to ask questions mm-hmm. but she also then understands that they're not the ones who are going to prop her up right. that has to come from within right. and that has to develop and through the the book through the journey
2: mm-hmm. it does i see i see and um so you have a, a, a A bunch of uh, different characters in the book, I imagine. Yes. Um, So who are some of the other colorful characters we can expect to find on this journey?
3: Oh, there's a whole array. Our new ones, which are not from the original Alice, and by the way, you don't have to read the original Alice in Wonderland to be able to understand, embrace, and have fun with our book.
4: Oh, okay. Okay.
3: But everybody does know the White Rabbit and Alice and the Cheshire Cat and the Hatter. So, Those people are all there, or those characters are all there. So we have Hatter, who's running the company. Mm -hmm. We have the Queen of Hearts, who's the head of the board, who is very demanding. And of course, she wants to chop heads as much as possible.
2: (laughs) Of course. (laughs) Right? Gotta (laughs) gotta bring that bottom line up.
3: Yeah, there's Duchess, who runs Quality Control. If you remember, she's the one who holds the squealing pig in the original story. And... She's great at what she does, but she's also very demanding and she knows how to play the political game. So you never know oh. what side she's on or what angle she's taking. Okay. okay. There's Cheshire Cat who likes to spread rumors but mm. disappears whenever you need him. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. I love, that. Yep. I love there, that.
3: There's Beaver who ends up being one of Alice's mentors and Beaver mm-hmm. is new.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: And then there's Penguin who is her assistant. Uh-huh. Who's also new?
4: Okay. And
3: Penguin. The people that have read the book all say, oh, "I want a Penguin. Where do I sign up for Penguin? <laughs> I want him. Listen, I want him too. I don't know where <laughs> to find him either. But, but uh,
2: Penguin. Gotta start is, a is, Penguin agency.
3: Yeah, right. But Penguin is great. And there's Caterpillar. If you remember, he's mm-hmm. the one smoking the hookah. Yeah. And he used to work for the company. Now he's an outside consultant.
4: Wow. And even
3: though he smokes his hookah, and so, uh, you know, he's, he's uh, smoking some stuff there, uh-huh. he has a really good view as mm-hmm. an outsider of what's mm-hmm. going on in the company.
4: Mm-hmm. And so
3: he, came, he comes up with insights for Alice that she doesn't see. Mm-hmm. And she, he's also a great proponent of her knowing that, that she has what it takes to run the company. She has Mm -hmm. to just learn that herself.
2: Mm -hmm. And just a quick shout out to my friend Joaquin on uh, the Facebook live stream. Yes, Joaquin, this is live. You're listening. You're watching live. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, it's okay. And
3: And... so other characters there's Puppy who runs manufacturing who is this huge puppy Puffy. making a mess of everything
4: oh. there
3: is Flamingo who's in the marketing department who's a pretty bird but not always connected with oh. uh, the rest of the company
4: <laughs> there's
3: there's Magpie who heads up uh, human resources mm-hmm. who gets a lot of flack and is underappreciated and mm-hmm. feels the pressure all the time but is never given in the right direction so that she mm. can take the responsibility that people want her to have.
4: Nice.
3: There is I'm trying to think of what other characters
2: there are. Okay, so what what um I'm, I'm sure that there's there's lots and lots. But what do you hope after someone goes through and reads the book and works on the workbook, what do you hope they're they're really going to get out of it in the end?
3: What I hope they're going to get out of it is better insights into themselves okay. and, and lessons that they didn't knew. Did they? First of all, they will gain confidence in themselves right. and understand how they think mm-hmm. and what's important to them. But right. also they were, they will gain better insights into how to work with others, how to communicate with okay. others okay. and that, the book, uh, the workbook, encourages mm-hmm. them at the end mm-hmm. to write down the things that they've learned,
4: mm. that they
3: had to learn, that they didn't know. Ah,
4: and so they okay. will keep
3: referring to, to those lessons year after year. So it's not something that's finite, that says, oh, okay, see. at this moment, this is, is what you have to know, and then Goodbye.
2: Right. So it's not a book you read once, put it up on the shelf and forget about it. It's something that you're going to really work with over the years and, and, and look at, you know, kind of where you started and where you're going.
3: Right. And you could learn different things from it if you do the workbook a few years from now that might be, you know, completely different than what you're learning now.
2: Ah. And there are
3: things that you may forget Mm -hmm. that you may have to go back to and relearn.
2: Right. Right. Awesome. Awesome. So now the book is out in digital version already.
3: Yes. The the Kindle version is out and you can get it on Amazon.
2: On Amazon. Wonderful. So you just go to Amazon, look for Leadership in Wonderland. Yes. So so what has been some of the initial feedback that you've gotten from people who've started to already kind of read it and, and go through it and start to use it?
3: Exactly what we wanted to get back. Which is, this is really fun.
2: Uh. This
3: is really fun. This is excellent. There is nothing like this out Mm. that understands me.
4: Mm. Cool.
3: And this is something that is gonna stay with me.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: And this is something that I realized, you know, I didn't know how to communicate with all these different other kinds of characters. Mm. And this gives me better insight into listening to them first, right. and really understanding what inspires them, what motivates them, right. and then I can understand how to work with them better. And we right. can work together better.
2: Right. Cool. Yeah. Cool. So it's like you're really, Working with it's almost like the archetypes, right? It's it's like the, the archetypical, um, you know, mailroom clerk and the archetypical board member and the archetypical manager yeah. and kind of like, yeah, how do we deal with these archetypes? How do we deal with these different personalities, these different egos in a way that works together to for a common goal because yes. ultimately if you're working at a company you're trying to do something together whether it's entertainment or, or technology or media it's you know that there's a there is a guiding purpose behind it
3: yes and that's what Alice is doing in the book she's trying to get everybody to work together to turn the company around and she ah. wants everybody to get excited about that and believe right. in it and get inspired by her and each other right. and work towards a more successful Leaves in Wonderland.
2: So, so what do you think are the biggest challenges in people actually doing that in companies these days?
3: I think one of the the key things that I'm seeing
2: mm-hmm.
3: is listening.
2: Ah, yes. Yeah.
3: And People are so caught up in their head and mm-hmm. so caught up in the moment mm.
4: that they don't
3: take that breath yes. and listen to others mm. and listen to where people are coming from and who people are overall that they're working with, not just yeah. their, their role yeah. in the company, yeah. but 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 who they are what are their values what are their interests what do they do outside of work Uh. and to create a lot of different veins a lot of different paths Mm
4: -hmm.
3: to to understand each other and to work alongside each other Mm. and uh, have commonalities
2: right right you know it's so interesting you bring that up I, I i it just brings to mind an author i had on the show another author i had <laughs> on the show from a couple of years ago judith glazer who wrote a wonderful wonderful book called conversational intelligence hmm. so you know everyone knows about emotional intelligence but this is conversational intelligence about how even the, the words we use the kind of a uh, uh, stimulus that happens in the brain from using those words, and how important it is to be more present and 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 how we actually listen and converse, and sort of how we can help to build trust by yes. learning the skill of conversation that much more Yes, and and as you know the old cliche goes, right? we have two ears and one mouth, so we should be listening twice as much as we 're speaking,
3: right. Yes. And speaking actually developed later. Right. So that's why listening is so important. Uh, and also one of the key things with working with young leaders is is people who are older think that that young leaders they are so enveloped in technology. They don't need to communicate. They don't want to talk. Mm. No, it's actually just the opposite. They crave, crave it. They connection. crave that yeah. connection. They crave that Communication, they create that community.
2: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Community is very, very big now. I Mm. get it. I get it. Okay. Believe it or not, it's time for us to take our last commercial break of the show. Time flies when you have such interesting people. But we do have one more segment. So everybody, please stick around. When we come back, we'll talk a a little bit about what comes next for Leadership in Wonderland. And, uh, you know, maybe some uh, few tips and uh, advice uh, from our expert, Susan Goldberg, about what you can do to be more like Alice. So everybody, please stay tuned. We'll be right back.
1: talkingalternative.com
2: Welcome back to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. Um, it's been a wonderful, wonderful show with our guest, Susan Goldberg, an expert executive recruiter specializing in young leadership. I just want to give a real big shout out to all my friends watching on the Facebook live stream. Joaquin, Laura, Nemanja, um, who else I had? Camille michelle gg th- roberta thank you all for like tuning in gp um you know i've started doing the the live stream about yeah three months ago i think now and it's it, it really uh is so gratifying to see you know some of the same names coming back week after week listening in um uh, so susan so so Leadership in Wonderland came out in a digital version recently. Is it yes. available in print
3: yet? It's not available in print yet.
2: Okay. W- we when hope do you to expect have that? it uh,
3: available in print at the end of this month, which is the end of September.
2: The end of September. Yes. Okay, great. And it'll be available when it comes out on Amazon yes. and all the usual places. All
3: the usual places.
2: Wonderful, wonderful. And, and have you noticed how now being an author and, and putting this book out, has it sort of impacted your career and impacted sort of your own leadership? It
3: has in that when I was writing the book with Rebecca, mm-hmm. I thought this is just something I feel needs to be out there. Right. Okay. Because I think it'll help a lot of people. Right. And going through the usual agent and publisher process Mm -hmm. they didn't understand this whole concept this Mm. was so new to them that they didn't embrace it and then I found someone who had been in business for years been in um, procurement of all things okay and then had a calling that she decided I'm not so supposed to be doing this I'm supposed Mm. to be a publisher
2: oh really yes
3: and she heard about our book Mm -hmm. and We spoke and she said, Susan, you realize you have a whole business model around this. (laughs) And I said, What? (laughs) She said, Yeah. She said, All the workshops that people want to hear that come out of this, you've got to put that together.
2: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, So that's
3: what Rebecca and I are doing now. And we will launch our our website also at the end of
2: this month. The end of September.
3: Talking about the, the workshops that. Will come out of oh,
2: wonderful. Um,
3: having fear and embracing fear, being able to talk to others, being able oh. to work with groups, being okay. able to understand uh, the imposter syndrome, mm-hmm. being able to uh, to transition into different areas.
2: Mm-hmm. So it's take, taking like all the main themes of the book and creating it into. Various workshops. I'm assuming you'll record all that and it'll eventually be available online. It, it'll Create a whole empire eventually. around it.
3: Yes, yes. Uh. But we really also want to be out there Uh, In person. In person, yeah, To touch, to- to Hey,
2: you'll get to meet each other finally. I know, right.
3: (laughs) Yeah, and actually one of the workshops we're working on is actually something together, which means that we have to come together Together, to do it. Yeah, Yeah. but I actually want to be able to to go to to companies, Mm -hmm. to go to organizations and Mm -hmm. work with people so they can see me and they can ask Mm -hmm. me questions live
2: and in person right because that's what people want right yes they, they
3: do want that and, 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 and i don't want to have that standoff technology feel all the time yeah, yeah, i yeah. want to be able to like shake a hand and look right. into someone's eyes and see that spark
2: right and also bring people together to really create a sense of community yes yeah absolutely,
3: absolutely.
2: wonderful you got to start yeah. some like meetup groups in the different places you do workshops so people can get together and talk about the stuff afterwards good idea yes yeah i'm full of those things um so what kind of tips or advice do you have for for young uh, professionals in leadership roles today what would you say to them i'm a i'm I'm 30 something years old i'm a chief marketing officer chief chief information officer what would you say to me
3: what i would say to you is you don't have to know everything and you're not expected to Mm -hmm. know everything you think that you're in a, a senior position and you're in right. a, a leadership position. Maybe you're in a C right. level or a, an E level or whatever you call it at your company, right. and you're thinking everybody's going to come to you for advice, asking right. for your insights on things, right. and you have to know everything.
4: Right.
3: So, one, you don't. Nobody mm-hmm. does. Mm-hmm. Okay, so understand that. Mm-hmm. And two, oftentimes companies. Don't have the resources, so that you can learn, so that you can Mm. ask um, ask uh, other advisors on certain questions that you have. Mm. My advice is to develop mentors, Mm. find mentors, and not just one. I don't believe one works anymore.
2: Right? Yeah. Yeah, It
3: used to years and years ago, but now no. You need one
2: in like each different field. yeah, Yeah. You need
3: one in accounting. You need one in
2: technology and technology and he wanted personal finance one one in social media exactly
3: exactly you need to have go-to people you need to have a community
2: right absolutely i mean even tony robbins who's like one of the all-time you know greatest quote-unquote coaches in the world he tells people all the time look the most successful people they don't just have one coach they have several coaches so you don't just have one mentor you have several mentors for all the different aspects that you have to deal with yeah
3: yeah, and also don't be afraid to ask questions. questions. Key, yeah, key, yeah.
2: yeah. Yeah. How do you think th- this this industry is going to transform over the next ten years? Because change, like you said, is so constant. Oh goodness! And, and I know uh, that's uh, like I, I mean I have a hard time thinking three years out these days, but I'm just curious. What, what, if you had your crystal ball, like the crystal <laughs> in your lab? What, what would you? What would be your prediction for the future?
3: Hmm. this is something I've never thought about, Sam. Oh, no? No. I
2: mean, because I'm so, present, which is yeah,
3: I'm so involved with the present yeah. that I don't know where growth and development is going to take us. Mm. I don't know. I would like to believe that it's going to take us to a better, more understanding place. Right, right. Uh, think about the good, which you started the the conversation talking right. about Abraham and and good. I want it to be a more of a community more understanding
2: you know it's so interesting you say that because i just got an issue i forget whether it was forbes or time magazine this morning uh, last night and i was reading it on coming into the office today and what i didn't even get a chance to read the full article but one of the titles of the article is like 50 companies around the world making a difference and making money at it
3: okay so it used to be I just actually wrote an article on this. Oh, you did? I wrote an article on this for people who are thinking about working for a nonprofit. Ah. But particularly if you've had a lot of experience in for profit, it's a very mm-hmm. tough transition. Yes. And a yes. lot of things you don't expect. Yes. So that's what this article actually talks about. Ah, and it was okay. written for Nonprofit Hub.
4: Mm-hmm. which is
3: a hub that helps nonprofits become better and more successful and efficient and effective. Wonderful. Yeah, but there's so many different things that you can do now that yeah. you don't have to work for a nonprofit in order right. to do good. Corps, now right, now you have B Corps, mm, Now you have B Corps. Corps. So. Now more and more companies are going to have Purposes and missions mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that encompass the entire organization,
4: right. and
3: not just the PR department. Right. No, it's actually going to be in Part the marketing. Of the
2: of yeah, the company, it, so it's, it's going to be mission. in the hiring. It's yeah. going to it's
3: going to be in the finance. It's going to be in marketing. It's it's going to be in analysts. It's going to be wherever the department is. It's all going to be embracing some kind of yeah. purpose and mission. So,
2: so like one of my favorite things to do is get a juice from Juice Generation. It's one of these franchises out here and if you look at their stuff, it all says 1% for the planet. So there's this, I don't know, is it an organization or collective where 1% of the profits of the company go towards the ecology in some manner and things like that are becoming much more popular now.
3: Sam, I, I swear I didn't prompt you to do this. <laughs> <laughs> but if you go to my website, you see that I am a company that, that gives back to an organization called Lighthouse. Oh,
2: Lighthouse. Yes, exactly, yeah. which is all
3: about sight. Yes,
2: yes, yes. I used to have a friend who she would go to the Lighthouse and read books to people who were hearing, seeing um, eyesight impaired, I guess. you
3: Yeah, so I try to promote them as much as possible. And oh, a small wonderful. portion of everything that, that I receive from my clients financially mm-hmm. goes to them.
2: All right, wonderful, wonderful. Well, I'm so sorry to say, Susan, (laughs) we're running out of time. So please let people know how they can find you if they want to learn more. Where can they, what's your website? Where can they learn more about you?
3: Okay, so they can go to Amazon Mm -hmm. and Leadership in Wonderland to see the book. Okay. My website is susan goldberg search
2: mm-hmm. dot com. goldberg is a nice easier jewish name than lebowitz <laughs> like mine people <laughs> always spell it wrong and
3: right right and i'm i'm also on twitter on at uh, Sue's biz coach,
2: Suze biz coach okay. and
3: also liw alice which is leadership in wonderland alice
2: ah, okay wonderful
3: and we also have a facebook page for for Leadership in Wonderland, and I have one for Susan Goldberg Executive Search.
2: Okay, great.
3: Okay, and uh, then we will have a website for the book soon.
2: Okay, great, wonderful, wonderful. Well, you know what? When you guys get ready to launch your your workshop series, if uh, you you get Rebecca here in New York City, maybe I'll get you both in studio then. Ooh. Ooh. That, out there a little that challenge
3: is ahead of us. Yeah. Okay.
2: All right. All right. Well, thank you so much for taking the time out to come into studio today. It's been a pleasure having you here.
3: Thank you, Sam. It's been great being with you
2: thank you so much wonderful and to all my listeners and my Facebook live stream people thank you all so much for tuning in and listening in and watching Uh, just a quick reminder for those who didn't hear my announcement at the beginning of the show I have taken my Law of Attraction group on Meetup which was called Applying the Law of Attraction it is now the Conscious Business Collective we're creating community something we talked about during the show around people trying to be and, and learning to be more conscious in their business, in their careers, in their lives. Uh, our kickoff meeting is September 22nd at six thirty p.m. Please go to meetup.com. Just search for Conscious Business Collective. You'll find us, join us. Thank you all so much for tuning in, listening, joining us. Happy September, everybody. And we will talk to you next week.
1: you are listening to the talking alternative network at www.talkingalternative.com Now, broadcasting 24 hours a day. Talking Alternative.